Hi everyone, this is Nature Tripping. I'm Cathy. And I'm Jo. Welcome to our podcast. It's about going outside to experience the wildlife that's all around us. We're going to be chatting about where we are and what's happening. But sometimes we'll just leave the microphones recording so we can spend some time just listening. Hello everybody, uh, welcome to another episode of Nature Tripping and this one's all about learning birdsong and we've decided to concentrate on a small group of tits in this episode, the blue tit, the great tit and the cold tit. And one of the main reasons we're doing that is because it's a great time of year, it's middle of February, early to mid February is a really good time of year to learn what these birds sound like because they're quite prominent and noisy singing and making a lot of calls all over the place at the moment last year tits came up from time to time in all the recordings we made didn't they joe but uh we managed to avoid dealing with them (laughs) thorny issue yeah because they're quite well i suppose i thought basically i took it for granted that most people would identify blue tits great tits cold tits by sight yeah, whereas in the process of making the podcast, I was actually learning birdsong along the way, I suppose. I didn't know birdsong like you do. And I kept hearing all these tits, and I kept writing down in my book well, after I'd made a recording, uh, blue tit, question mark, great, great tit, uh, oh, a tit, possibly. And I knew there were lots of them around, and they were making lots of noise. And I, mm. I, I kind of thought, well, why aren't we dealing with these, mm. this kind of wallpaper in the background of mm. the tits? They're everywhere. If you're just listening to the sounds, it's quite a challenge to work out exactly um, what it is. Partly because they actually, tits make a lot of non-specific sounds. So a sort of high-pitched tweety call that could be any number of birds. Yeah. And they don't have one distinctive song, do they? Like the wistfulness yeah. of a robin yeah. or the little trilly phrase that a wren yeah. sings. So... Yeah, so it's it's exemplified by the cuckoo, because if you hear a cuckoo, you know it's a cuckoo and nothing else. So it's really specific. And the tits that we're considering today are kind of the opposite of that. You hear a sound and it might be a tit, and tits make certain sounds, but they're not necessarily specific to that bird. Yeah. So we're going to try and tease things out a bit and come away with a few guidelines mm. and indicators and ways of helping people understand is it a tit and if it is a tit which one might it be 
and also giving audio equality for tits. You know, yeah, all those places where all those books and websites where they go, it goes like this and gives one little chirp. Mm. We're kind of being a bit more inclusive. Inclusive. Yeah, we think <laughs> tits maybe have been the sounds of tits maybe have been a bit dismissed. Yeah, yeah. So all the birdsong we've been listening to so far on this podcast um, have been tits. And generally, most of their sounds are quite high-pitched, quite rhythmic, quite repetitive and shrill. Yeah, so these recordings were taken kind of not really early on in the morning. It's about half past eight, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. And at this point in the morning, the tits are dominating the soundscape aren't they hmm. so the the robins uh, might have been singing very early on but they've eased off and the tits are carrying on tits generally this is a family of birds that are they're all quite small birds they are resident in britain they love woods parks and gardens so they're all around us and the three that we're looking at are really common. In fact, the um, blue tit, did you know, it's the seventh most common bird in the country. That's not surprising. Yeah, closely followed by the great tit, which is tenth most common. And they're residents, so they're in the con- this country all the year round, but more specific than that, they actually just live in one place, so they don't even move around much mm. um, within the country. And they're omnivores. So they will eat seeds and insects and grubs and all stuff like that. Not only are they widespread, they're found all over the country. Um, Their numbers are not declining. In fact, they're doing really well, probably, due to bird feeders. They do very well off of us. (laughs) Okay, so um, first up on the billing is the blue tick. So what you heard there was what I'd call the kind of chur of a blue tit. Almost sounds a bit like a magpie, doesn't it? it when it's quite does, loud like that. Yeah, but it is one of the noises that you commonly hear them making, this kind of churring sound. Yeah, I think it's a sort of it's a call, it's a, an alarm call or an alert call, I think. Here's another one. Yeah, so blue tits, there are lots of chirps and cheeps on there. Tweets, yeah. chirps and cheeps. Yeah, but that churring noise I found to be one of the common sounds that I've learnt mainly to associate with the blue tit. Characteristic. Yeah, yeah, that's not to say I haven't heard a great tit make that kind of sound as well. Almost exactly the same. Yeah, um, but there you go. There's one sound... Um, to be associated with the blue tit. 
So I think this is classic kind of tit sound, high pitched. It's one little motif. Two notes. Two, du, 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 yeah. du, du, two, two pitches in it. Yeah. And it repeats it. Yeah. And it just goes on like that for a while. So that's another example of a blue tit. From its palette of sounds, it's just using its high-pitched noises in another little small phrase. So... The high-pitched shrill nature cuts across the other birds that we heard, like carrion crow and blackbird. Yeah. Stands out. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'd think of as classic blue tit song. Okay. So it's it's its motif is three high pitched notes yeah. and then a slightly lower pitched whistly trill or quickly repeated sounds. Yeah. Dee 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 doo 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 Except high pitched than that. Is that how you remember it? Yeah. Dee 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 doo 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 doo. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's important that we all have our little ways of remembering, if we want to, if we want to remember I what think, Bluetooth I think it's, sounds like. Well, I think with all bird song, I think if people make up their own words for what they can hear yeah. or what it sounds like, it'll be more memorable to yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. The way I came to think about how to categorise or brigade these Bluetooth sounds were this throaty kind of slightly aggressive sound is one group of sounds that they make then there's these very high pitch sounds that cut through mm. often in these little motifs and then there were some quite squeaky noises that they made as well so that's another group here's some squeaky sounds Squeakiness to that. Mm. Beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep, That sound was blue tit. The repeating yeah. little phrase again, like the little motif. Yeah. It came in every so often. The chirbly noise in the background was goldfinch. That's what I was wondering about. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can just hear lots of high pitched small birds tweeting away. Mm. At this time of year, whilst there's no leaves on the trees, it's quite a good chance to try and actually see the bird that you can hear isn't it later in the year there might be too much foliage yeah but to try and tease out what you're listening to it's best to try and see it as well
So that one's got squeaky blue tip, interrupted by the carrion crow, and then a little bit of blue tip song. All these different s- sounds that you've re- that you've recorded, they really show the variety absolutely of sounds that the blue tits make yeah huge repertoire yeah so as a spe as a species they've, they've got a huge repertoire and each individual makes a, a wide range of different sounds as yeah. well yeah so what we've mainly heard uh the chirs in isolation and then the high-pitched notes in isolation like the little small phrases and then the squeaks in isolation but you can also imagine mm. they mix these all up so you get these little motifs that have a bit of a chirbly chattery sound in them a bit of a high pitch sound in them a bit of a squeak they can do all sorts of things it would seem mm, they're chattering and communicating with each other quite a lot the whole time yeah yeah So look, then, a little repeating squeaky motif. Chatting in the background. That's the blue tit as well. Mm. So there, I think it's built a phrase out of its high-pitched repertoire and then it's added a chattery chur at the end. Mm. I kind of think they've got these motifs or these little cells or building blocks um, in their repertoire and they kind of string them together mm. um, in all varieties of ways, I suppose. Although, as you've said, there are some classic blue tit rhythms or mm. calls, aren't there? We've we've got the last clip of the blue tits coming up, um, and again it's got all the elements of calls and chirrups and song, and the eagle-eared amongst you might hear the great tit in the background. So we've looked at all the complexities of the different calls and songs of the blue tits. Not all of them, some of them. <laughs> okay. Things we've, to look out for. We've touched on. <laughs> so, And we're going to move on to listen to the coltit, which is a little bit simpler. Coltit is a bird which is about the same size as a blue tit, but more drab in appearance, more browns and greys. It's got black on its head with a very prominent white bit on the back of its neck. And they're really common in gardens and parks. 
I mean, classically, they're specialist in conifers, but they seem to have um, spread much more widely. Yeah, I remember in one of the previous podcasts when we did the big garden bird watch. The big garden bird watch. Yeah, um, <laughs> we talked about cultics there, and I was reading from a very old book published in the 1960s where it talked about cultics being in forests. Mm, so forests. Yeah, so clearly it's one of those species that's evolved to come in a lot more to our gardens mm. over the decades. Yeah. So if you're looking at the bird feeder, you've got birds on a bird feeder and you can see a bird that looks a bit like a blue tit but isn't at all blue. It's a bit more shabby, isn't oh, it? yeah. Scruffy. S- scruffy, yeah, it's a bit more scruffy looking. Yeah. Then it could be a cult tit. So we're just listening to a few different tits, but the most prominent one in the foreground in that recording was a coltit going pitu, pitu. And this, I think, is the main call of the coltit, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, of these three birds we're thinking about today, the coltit is the least varied. Usually it's two notes, pitu, pitu, or doopy, doopy, doopy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's really hard to get all these firmed up in your head. Mm. You kind of get as far as tit of (laughs) some sort, but then to get to the next level of identification, you've got to have remembered these particular little two-tone calls and know how to separate them out from each other. So this is definitely a cold tit, because I saw it. It's going from the lower note to a higher note. It's gone back again. this is song isn't it it's singing away is that in the rain yeah I guess it's only after listening to a lot of cold tits and seeing a lot of cold tits that eventually this particular two-tone, pitu, pitu, or doobie, doobie. Okay, this particular motif sticks in your head and mm. you know that you're seeing a cold or hearing a cold tit. But I think the main thing you could mistake it for would be a great tit. Yeah. For me, it's the sound of the consonants, the attack of the notes that is milder or softer for the cult it rather than the great it. Right, okay. This is a park. Definitely 
Cold tip confirmed on site. Woodpecker, wood pigeon. similar enough to the other two recordings for you to begin to say it was probably the same species as I've just listened to. And this one, it was actually feeding in a tree. Jumping and hopping from branch to branch. Picking things off the branches. Calling at the same time. Mm. Just getting on with its business. This is the last recording of the featuring the coltit. Did you record this one at the allotment? Yeah. And there's quite a prominent chaffinch coming in by the end. Chaffinch is competing for the airwaves. Okay, well, finally, we're going to tackle the challenge that is the great tit. Hopefully, great tits will be familiar to people from bird feeders and gardens. I mean, they're like a big blue tit with a massive great black stripe down the front. So the slightly greenish blue on the back, yellow front with a big black stripe on the front. And a black head. Yeah. And they're really noisy, especially at this time of year. A good tip is if you're trying to see the bird to try and identify what the call is coming from look out for the black stripe down the front mm. the black stripe sometimes helps identify it as a great tit I mean, the blue tit's got a little bit of a stripe as well but it's not as thick mm.
So this is typical great tip. Um, it's got the same two notes. <laughs> it's repetitive. It's very rhythmic. But I think the difference compared to Colt is it's much louder, more strident and forceful. Yeah, and I always think of it as sounding more like a brass instrument than, say, a flute. Um, and there's quite a bit of timbre in the sound. Changed to a single note now, mm. but again, it's it's quite harsh, isn't it? And kind of assertive. I think it's the easiest one of these three. It's the easiest one to get to grips with. In some ways, mm, because there are a few calls that are highly characteristic of great tits, and they're usually quite visible. But then on the other hand, there's also, it has an enormous palette of sounds. Like, I read somewhere it's got 70 different calls. keep on doing this for ages. Let's move on to some of its other calls. This is the great tip doing the classic teacher-teacher sound where it's got two tones, both quite strident and forceful and sometimes it goes teacher 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 sometimes it going teacher 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 So that's another lovely recording of classic great tit and as well as the teacher sound what it shows is how their song has got a real ringing quality so it carries above all the traffic and yeah. the wind it carries well yeah <laughs> yeah it's one of those sounds that you hear right at the beginning of the year isn't it early spring and you think oh there's that sound again yeah so it's quite distinct whatever that bird is it's back <laughs> and it's like an indicator that spring is on its way yeah prominent it's bright loud 
And it's territorial, isn't it? Yeah. I thought at one point in that recording it was quite hard to distinguish the teacher call, but that's because there was another teacher call kind of mm. phased in there. So they were singing, two, two great hits singing at each other. Having a sing-off. Another classic um, great hit sound is, the, is what I would call it the spink, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is more of a call than a song. Okay, let's listen to some spink. It's like a sparrow. Oh, do you know, if I heard that, yeah. if someone just played me that, I'd say, yeah. well, that's a house sparrow. It sounds a bit like a sparrow, doesn't it? So this next recording is one of our very local great hits, and he's using his two notes in a slightly more complicated phrase, and there's a second um, great hit in the background as well. Anyway, the the, the main one's going, bob-a-chick, bob-a-chick, bob-a-chick. Is that a phrase that you've coined, bob-a-chick, or is it? something that's been passed down to you through the generations, Cathy. It's totally original. A melody. This is a great tip. Using three notes. Yeah. I read on someone's blog many times I have gone in search of the mysterious call to find out what the rare bird is that I'm listening to. They've never but, heard before. But always it has been the great tit. <laughs> so this comes back to this thing that um, they've got about 70 calls apparently. How, who knows however many calls they've got. And each individual will have a huge variety. And these ones do mimic other birds.
that great tick was up in the woods behind us and I recorded him for a while and the next recording is a kind of compilation so it's one it was one long recording but I've kind of condensed it a bit and I guess it just uh, is an example of the variety and the versatility of the great tit. It has a little phrase that it sings for a bit, then it goes to another one, then it goes to another one, and it carries on. And it's just uh, showcasing one little great tit and a few of the calls that came out of it in a, in a kind of 10-minute period, although I've condensed the recording down to a minute or two. Yeah, and then it flew off. Um, but that was the same great hit that was making the melody sound wow. in the earlier recording. Because lots of those sounds sounded like other birds to me. Right. Maybe other tits and magpie again. Yeah, no, there was a there was a great tit in the garden the other morning and I didn't see it at first. And I thought there was a magpie in the garden. It was a really kind of harsh, cheering sound. And... Um, it was a great tip. Mm. <laughs> wow, it just goes to show. Yeah. Is that it for, for tip recordings, Andrew? It is at the moment. Phew. The encyclopedia will grow over time, I suppose. But it's not really it's not possible, is it, to catalogue all the sounds of great tits, especially because they're just infinite variety. Mm. And we don't know whether that's clarified things for you or made you more confused. <laughs> Hopefully you should be able to know that what you're listening to is probably a tit and then maybe narrow it down to one of these three. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what? The, what we haven't talked about so far is the fact that other birds can sound like tits. <laughs> I mean, there are some other birds with this two-tone call business going on. Yeah. 
just when you thought it was when you got the t- family sorted <laughs> yeah so what we're really on about one example of this is the chiff chaff Sounding remarkably like a great tip. Yeah. With two notes, similar pitch. Repeating in, them. Yeah, similar pitch interval. Um, but the helpful thing is that we, the great tips start singing early in the year and we've got plenty of time to get used to what they sound like and their specific timbre. And then, later in the spring, Chiff Chaff starts singing. And that's because mainly in this country they are not resident all year round. They spend the summers here in Britain and the winters in Africa. So they only start singing in our gardens and parks when they've come back. But we have got some chiff chaffs now that live here all year round, haven't we? Yeah, especially in the south of England, but also the east. But do they still not start singing until later than the great tits? Or is that good question? Hard... Oh, I think we need to ask someone who lives down south. Yeah. They wouldn't know up here in the north. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. So, for us, we, we could get really familiar with the great tits and then later in the year the chiff chaffs will r- arrive and they'll be subtly different. I think the other thing about chiff chaffs is they really only do chiff, chaff, chiff, chaff. Yeah. And sometimes just chiff, chiff, chiff. But they don't have the variety of the great tits. They are actually included in one of our previous podcasts on learning birdsong. There you go. If you want to hear more chiff chaff, look back in the archive. You don't have to get up especially early to hear any of these tits because they it's not as if they're just singing um, when day breaks and then they stop. Mm. They're carrying on for most of the morning, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And into the afternoon, intermittently. And, and also, like we've said, they're, they're all around us, large numbers, and they're accessible in gardens, parks, woodland, rough ground. Yeah. Anywhere where there's trees and bushes. I suppose it's easy to overlook the tits because of the reasons we explained earlier, but what our recent investigations have revealed to me anyway is that they're very versatile little vocalists. Mm. Not to be overlooked. And they make a lot of very interesting sounds. Yeah, yeah. Often using only two notes. <laughs> and a lot of rhythm. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>